0: Hello and
1: welcome to episode 185 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon. Your host is always here. Once again, both of the guys are joining me via Zoom. I got Ricardo and Brandon. Guys, how are you doing? Brandon's driving. Thankfully, he's got a test. no. No, I'm not. I'm not driving, Jeremy. Are you being driven? Yep.
2: Anyways, uh. You can just call us Griffey Jr. and Griffey Sr. because we go back-to-back, me and Ricardo.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's it.
1: <laughs> How long have you been thinking about that one for? <laughs> nah, I just pulled it out. Whew. All right. Um, so, guys, this uh, so last year, obviously, wasn't able to make this episode of the podcast happen because I was in the hospital. Um right in the middle of uh yeah i sp- spent the whole month of february in the hospital last month or last year fantastic yeah um, and, and then
2: some.
1: yeah and then some uh anyway so i wasn't able like the the previous two years we had uh had on the guys uh eddie and chris canalis from uh gridiron heroes and i reached out to chris the uh last week and uh we were able to set it up to do it again um I try to do it this week, like leading up to the Super Bowl, because um, you know, these, this, this foundation gridiron heroes does so much for these uh, kids who are injured playing high school football uh, because there's like a real lack of, I guess, of a safety net or insurance um, for, for to cover these kids, especially once they're out of high school and, um, you know, Chris suffered a spinal cord injury uh, his senior year. He had a scholarship lined up to go um, to go to college and play football. Uh, just like I can't even imagine how devastating that must have been for him, but uh, he was able to turn that into, you know, helping other people because the first time he really got back out after his injury, him and his dad go to a, like a state championship game and he sees another kid get injured playing high school football, uh, which is insane. But anyway, I I like to do the podcast this week because it points, uh, you know, a finger at the NFL for not like helping to support, like these kids should have no issues. You know, you get injured playing football, like the NFL makes enough money that they should be able to trickle that down to help these kids out. Um, but they don't even like, I mean, they don't do anything. They don't want any part of it. They know about the foundation. They don't want to deal with it because it's the dark side of football. I I think,
2: uh, I think that, um, you know, the NFL, it would be nice to have them on board um, simply because of the, the scope that they're able to reach. Right. But I think that, you know, uh, it seems like that that is, that is not something that's very common in the NFL. If you take notice, it does happen um, and it has happened. But but really where the problem lies is like like uh, Chris and Eddie were talking about in some of these smaller areas where, you know, people aren't as trained. Um, they don't have the insurance policies. So I, I really do think that it's good. And that their primary focus is in those areas of high school and youth, because, um, you know, as someone who coaches youth football and who has kids playing in it, uh, you know, it's really it isn't really talked about uh, neck injuries. Of course, the head injuries are talked about, um, but well, but barely, yeah.
3: <laughs> barely though, Brandon. So I agree with you. Both of you guys. And I, I think the NFL is um, being remiss when they don't support youth um, safety. Because everything that we do, any sport that we do, um, I, I mean, like, look at soccer. Everybody goes, Well, I'm not going to have my kid play football, but I haven't played soccer. But just think of all the concussions that those kids get doing all those headers at that young age, right? Nobody thinks yeah. about that. So, Um, I think what Chris and his father are doing is very admirable to make awareness to these people. Um, And they're not saying don't play the sport, but just be aware of the risks. And let's play as safe as possible. You know, uh, especially that part where he's talking about uh, the fatigue during a game and the weight of the helmets. And um, how can we avoid this by maybe strengthening certain parts of your body, you know, and learning to tackle better? And One all the, that starts. No, go ahead. Ricardo. And all that starts at a young age, you know, how to play any sport, whether it's skiing, lacrosse, soccer, all those things. You know, there's a proper way to do things where you avoid injuries. And and I, you know, support these guys 100% in what they're doing.
2: One of the things that bothers me a lot about football today, especially when you're listening to fans, is they say that, you know, football's gone soft or. Um, You know, like they're the rules have changed so much where they can't even hit or play football. They're taking that kind of aspect out of it. And, you know, especially when they're talking about, um, you know, going like low and, and taking out legs and stuff like that. But in my mind, it's like, what's more important, like your head or your legs? So you have to pick you have to pick and choose. And, and I think that it's much more important that they they teach it the way that they're teaching it now is to keep the head out of the football game. Um, and, yeah, you're going to have some repercussions that are injuries to lower extremities. But you know what? Like you can you can potentially, um, you know, recover from that and it's not going to kill you or ruin the rest of your life
3: yeah
1: yeah i I remember brandon i don't know if you remember this but it was one of it was probably like our when me and you used to coach um little league football and we were coaching the fifth and sixth grade team but we practiced on the same field with the with the seventh and eighth graders um Uh and there was one of the kids on the seventh and eighth grade team got injured and like basically they just like kept him completely still and like he didn't look like he was moving at all they brought you know they had to have the ambulance come and and take this kid away and like I just remember how like shook I was all the other coaches on that team were were pretty shaken up um I know you were as well I don't know if you remember this specifically but um it's just, yeah, like you don't – like it can be just – like you always say, Ricardo, any like random day, ordinary day, just uh out of football practice and you hit somebody the wrong way, and next thing you know
3: – Your life has changed.
1: Everything, yeah. And luckily yeah, this, yeah. Kid that, this kid that got injured when me and Brandon were coaching, it was nothing serious. I think he just had like a, a stinger or maybe a concussion or something, but um nothing – no long term well, damage. Well, yeah. more than likely, that's that's typically
2: you know the case, and you have to be, you know, anytime a, a kid that goes down, they say they hit their neck or their head. You you know you have to take it with utmost seriousness. But you know, what Eddie and Chris are doing is focusing on getting to the high school coaches, um, and, and the youth coaches, uh, and college, uh, because it was interesting what they're talking about about the turnover. Um, with the coaching and it's just a, it's just a different world uh, and that and you know a lot of them aren't I know because and you know too Jeremy we've coached in and youth football uh, you know they're just volunteers they don't really know much about anything right Um. little experience uh, so
1: any help goes a long way all right yeah. oh
3: definitely definitely yeah
1: well, uh, let's get to this interview uh, before. Well, oh, sorry.
3: yeah. So, so one thing I wanted to sk- was going to say is that the thing about the turnover and the coaches is that um, maybe they haven't seen as many injuries as um, because they haven't been around as long, and so it's not as important to them. So that even makes Chris and his father's work even more important. Yeah, I, I
1: completely agree. Yeah, agree. Completely yeah. agree. All right, well, let's get to this interview and then we'll uh we'll chat on the other side, guys.
3: All right, thanks.
1: This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, I'm super excited to visit with two friends of the show. Um, you know, they're the they're the founders of the Gridiron Heroes. It's uh Eddie and Chris Canalis. Guys, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming back on. Thank you. Thank, Thank you
0: for having us. For having us yeah.
1: Absolutely, I know, and uh, we were just kind of talking off off uh, air there uh, about, you know, I was I'd had you guys on the two years prior, um, and then last year I was uh, in the hospital through the Super Bowl, so I wasn't able to to catch up with you guys to hear what you'd been up to over the last year as far as uh, the Gridiron Heroes goes, and and uh, I know I, I personally just wanted to point it out with you know I know like the lack of of support at least up until a couple of years ago you guys had had from the NFL. Uh I thought it was a good time to point it out, you know, kind of leading up to the Super Bowl, but uh you, you know, Chris, why don't you just for anybody who maybe didn't hear the last couple times you've been on, can you tell us a little bit about how you suffered a spinal cord injury?
4: Yes, yeah, so I was a um, and I I was playing uh high school football and my senior year um just the uh, Really bad timing. is fourth quarter, four minutes left in the game, and I was going to make a, a touchdown-saving tackle. And along with that, I broke my neck when the running back tried to jump over me and hit the crown of my head, snapping my neck back, breaking my C5, C6 vertebrae.
1: Yeah, man. And then I know um, – you know, I did see on your, your Instagram uh, that it, I guess it must have been – back in February um so almost a year ago now that um I I know that when I guess kind of your first outing after breaking your neck was going to a state championship or a state high school football game the following year and um you saw another young man get injured with a spinal cord injury in that game um and I I guess that was Corey Fulbright right was at the and then yes. he Yeah. And he unfortunately passed away this last year, but that's kind of his injury, I guess, is what, what spurred you guys to make this foundation and um, start helping, you know, kids that are injured playing high school football, because you don't, you know, you're the lack of insurance and things like that that are there to help um, as far as safety nets go. Um, yeah. So, you know, starting the foundation, um, you know, what, since, since we talked two years ago, I know, you know, you guys were helping quite a few care had helped quite a few kids. Um, what, what's been kind of the update over the last couple of years for you
0: guys? Well, for, for gridiron heroes, basically, you know, we've added to our, our family of gridiron heroes, unfortunately. Uh, and then we we've lost some gridiron heroes as well. Um, but, um, COVID really hurt us, uh, you know, fundraising wise. And so, you know, we're now getting back into the swing of things. Uh, We're actually starting uh, 20 years now um, for the foundation. Uh, We've donated, you know, 15 wheelchair accessible vehicles, uh, put ramps in their homes, uh, remodeled restroom facilities, uh, making sure they were wheelchair accessible. Um, You know, these are things that a lot of times Medicaid or insurance doesn't pay for. Uh, there's always help the first six months a year, and then it dies down. Uh, but then when, when they graduate from high school, then there's no more help, and that's where we really come back into play. Um, you know, making sure they 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 don't fall into in between the cracks, and they they're getting the supplies they need, the uh, the medicines that they need, and uh, you know, trying to do what uh, what we can to help the families. If we have the funds, we can do that.
1: Uh, no, that's that's great that you guys are able to start raising money again. Um, do you know how many how many gridiron heroes have kind of joined your your group since in the last you know, two years since uh, we were able to talk last?
0: Well, we're up to 41 now here in Texas alone. Uh, we have uh, five in, in California, um, two in, in Louisiana, uh, two in Mississippi, uh, two in Florida. And we have one in New Jersey, New York, and uh, one in Tennessee. Huh. So our name has been getting out there, you know, um, more and more people are finding out a little bit about Gridiron Heroes. And so we'll get the call and uh, be able to go and visit with the families, guide them through, you know, sometimes it may be if it's a long distance and we don't have the funds to to get on a plane and go, we'll, you know, we'll do it by, by Zoom calls or facing, you know. Right.
1: Right. Um. Have you guys noticed at any time, um, at least over the last couple of years, ha- have the injuries been lessening at all with, I-, I know like little league and high school and even college and the NFL have, have really like reduced the amount of kind of hitting drills that are going on and at least the number of, of practices with full pads and all that stuff. And then, you know, they have the different programs to, you know, teaching kids to how to tackle properly stuff like that um have you guys noticed any kind of decrease in the number of injuries and and also I guess the helmet technology's come a long way um over yeah. the, the last few years but ha- yeah have you guys noticed anything any kind of decrease in the the number of injuries you're seeing
0: we've gone down from 3 a year to 2 a year but what has really gone up has been more traumatic brain injuries um here in the recent you know past Couple of years, we've had more traumatic brain injury calls uh, than we had in anything else. Um, that's gone way up. Really? Uh, talk. You talk about the helmet. You know, Chris and I, we go to a lot of coaching clinics, trainer conferences, you know, uh, AD conferences. So we get to see a lot of the manufacturers. Uh, you know, that they, that provide some of the equipment. Um, when you pick up one of those helmets, those helmets are not light. They're pretty heavy. So when you talk about a young man, um, you know, from playing uh, at a young age up to even to high school sometimes, especially when they're um, exhausted playing, those helmets become pretty heavy, you know. And so we always try to make sure that coaches emphasize uh, the strengthening of the necks because the helmets are not getting any lighter in a sense. And it's just when they don't have that strength to keep their head up, uh, to make the tackle is where we have the problems. Um, you know, we, we still like to use the idea of keeping your head up. And uh, a lot of times uh, some of the techniques that are being used now with uh, the um, Hawk style tackling method, your head's not necessarily all the way up.
1: Right. Yeah. And you still see, I mean, watching NFL and college, like every week you see somebody hit with their head down and you know, it's, <laughs> There's yeah. such, like, such quick bang, bang plays. You just, you know, I mean, sometimes it's just inevitable that you're going to, you know, hit somebody with your head down or go helmet to helmet or what have you.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the biggest deal. I mean, it happens. Those, those type of hits are going to happen It's you know um, they're kind of like freak accidents sometimes. And, you know, but um, there's a difference in the, in the type of support on the collegiate level and on the NFL level. As compared to on the high school level, and that's part of what we're trying to change, because uh, in high school, unless you're in a big uh, metro area, sometimes they'll have the catastrophic policies to help the families. But there's a twenty five thousand dollar deductible that goes along with it, but in the rural areas and smaller towns and things like that, they they usually don't have the catastrophic policies to help the families. And you know, a lot of times it may be just a general policy, which is ten thousand dollars. You know, that doesn't even cover one night in ICU. So it, it's you know, there's a big difference in the support for these young men initially, and then long term. Like I kind of mentioned before, you know, there's help first six months a year, then it dies out, and then when they graduate from high school, um, they're no longer the, the, that support system is usually gone.
1: Wow. Well, what you guys are doing is, is amazing and um, definitely is so honorable. Um, and, and, you know, jumping back for a second to the helmets, I don't know. Did you guys see a few weeks ago? I think it was the first round of the, the NFL playoffs where uh, Patrick Mahomes, it was like freezing cold weather. His helmet just cracked like, never seen anything like that and it's you don't think uh you know these these helmet manufacturers that are dumping millions and millions of dollars into making these super safe helmets like you didn't yeah they didn't test it in negative 10 degree weather or whatever
0: <laughs> yeah
1: crazy yeah that's
2: true <laughs> yeah I
4: don't know why you don't want to play in that weather but
1: <laughs> no doubt i just i always think that too man so that is too too damn cold so um I did want to ask you guys about the, uh, you know, you had mentioned that fundraising had really decreased during COVID. Um, and I, I saw that, uh, I guess, Chris on your Instagram page, excuse me, that, uh, you had a a video on there from the San Antonio mayor, Ron Nirenberg, uh, Mm -hmm. for his support of, um, I guess your, your, uh, the AE Realty charity golf tournament. Um, that, and is that that helps support Gridiron Heroes is that your guys's uh, tournament or is that you kind of?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was coordinated by by a uh, um, and Realty there. They're a bunch of realtors that got together to help support Gridiron Heroes. Uh, we do another event with the San Antonio Quarterback Club, which is a, one of the oldest quarterback clubs in the country. Uh, they also raise money. And then we were very fortunate last year uh, and this year. Um, to uh, be involved with the pigskin classic here in San Antonio, where uh, teams from the area teams uh, play at the Alamo dome to kick off football season. And we're looking forward to doing that again this year. Uh, and they raised some money for great materials as well. That, that's great. that's yeah, we, great. Yeah, actually they raised, they raised uh, about $20,000. Uh, mm-hmm. They gave us a $20,000 check, which was awesome. Sure. A great way to start the football season, you know, uh, you know, part of what we also do I, I do a program called Heroes on the Road where when we Chris and I go to coaching clinics we get to meet a lot of the Division one college coaches so they always ask us to hey bring the guys to football games and so with some help sponsorships and things like that we're able to get the guys out of the house take them to football games but they're, you know they have that certain bond being an injured uh you know in football they have a bond that they have and um, you know they enjoy they still enjoy the football and right. so by getting them out of the house and and, and uh, having a good time, you know, sometimes we may have to pay for a hotel room or uh, rent a van to get them there. Uh, but, you know, feed them while they're there. And so uh, we have a, a great time by, you know, doing the heroes on the road. We always finish up our program um, at the state championship games there here in Texas. Okay, we just played it at Jerry World. And um, there's usually a, you know, three games that we go and, and we're, you know, involved in there. And uh, it's pretty, pretty good, you know, but it also allows us to keep up with the families. Like I said, we don't just help them one time and let them go. We keep up with those families. And uh, during the holidays, if we have the funds, um, we'll be able to send them like $200 in a form of a Walmart card to help them out through the holidays. And, um, you know, just uh, to be there for them.
1: Wow, that that's incredible yeah it's incredible work that you guys do and it's great that you're you know able to kind of team up with that that large football kind of uh kickoff uh deal that that's going on there in san antonio and then getting the mayor of san antonio to to help support and uh um yeah i mean it's just it's it's incredible stuff that you guys are doing for sure um do you, and so you guys are right in san antonio is that right or near san antonio
4: yeah just yeah. a little outside yeah just a
1: little outside yeah, do you guys make it out to like the UTSA games? I always see those on t- in the that dome you got there. It looks they always look pretty pretty awesome. So,
0: yeah, Coach Trailer is a big supporter of Gridiron Heroes. He he's a great guy. He's awesome.
1: That's that's great. That's great. Um, you know, so you you know, Eddie, you had just mentioned that um, a lot of times like these kids, even though they got hurt playing football, they still love football and want to get out to yeah. see games and stuff. You know, Chris, talk about and I know we've, we've talked about it before on the podcast and, you know, talk about getting back out to that initial game. And then the first game you go to another another kid gets injured, Corey Fulbright. And talk about that bond that I guess you and him had through the years. Um, and then, you know, like, obviously, it's got to must have affected you guys both pretty deeply when he passed away. But yeah so, talk about getting I, getting back out there and uh and going to watch football and and how tough that was for you or or not.
4: Yeah I, I kind of call that game a blessing in disguise in a way um because like I was going through a real hard time with depression you know I, I had uh scholarships to go play college football and um everything is taken away so I was going through a lot of depression and um being um my first high school game going back to after my injury. Um, well, my dad saw that I was going through all the depression. So he got me out of the house, took me to that game. And like during that literally 45 minutes into the first game is when uh Corey Forbright got injured. And that kind of snapped me out of thinking about myself and wanted to uh, like go help others and start to think about others. And I wanted to go help him and the only way I knew how to do that was going through what I went through because I had nobody to talk to. So um he he basically made me stop thinking about myself and wanted to help others. So I mean for me as that's truly a blessing. Um I mean I hate that he uh passed away this past year, but um you know, it's pneumonia and everything that just it comes with our injury. Um but yeah, I mean, so uh, for me, that was a blessing. And then uh, being able to help him and have him go talk to other people, too, when they get injured. And it's kind of like a, a little chain where um, it's kind of like giving back. Um, when every time we go help a family, we um, they they kind of want to do the same thing and uh, go help somebody else. And there's a big train that the giving back uh helping one another and talking to somebody cuz uh you definitely need somebody to talk to who's been through it um and is going through it uh cuz it's it's such a blurry road ahead like you don't know what's going to come a- come ahead of you and uh talking to somebody that knows what's going to happen really does help.
1: Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um yeah, I mean and then, you know, well, I guess what was that like uh, for you, Eddie? Hearing when Corey Fulbright had passed away. I mean, that must have been just devastating to you guys as as people and as the found just the foundation. Him being kind of the first person that you guys set out to to help out.
0: Yeah, it was it was uh hard you know hard to to hear that he had passed away. Um, mm-hmm. you know one of the things that uh, he was always wanting to be you know, involved with Gridiron Heroes, he always wanted to be, um, out there, and, and anytime we went to the, the games, when we did that program, the Heroes on the Road, um, you know, he was there, he wanted to be there, and, um, you know, of course, he suffered quite a bit, too, I mean, that, he was a, a lot of time in the hospital, um, he wanted to do more, but sometimes he was, you know, couldn't join us, because he was in the hospital, and so, um, but yeah, he was a big part of, uh, you know our foundation and and what helped start it, but it was like you know Chris when he saw Corey being put on that cart and taken into you know the tunnels, he realized he said, "Dad, it's it's a spinal." He turned to me and said, "Dad, it's a spinal injury. I know what he's going to go through. You know what the family's going to go through. Um, we need to go help." That was the the turning point. That was uh, what we felt like uh, the good Lord put in our heart to do. That was what He was meant for us to do to be there for these other families.
1: I love that I, that's so amazing all like how it all came together I mean it's unfortunate but it's it's so yeah like such a blessing in disguise like you had mentioned Chris uh, and then yeah I know you know I I can never do one of these interviews with you guys without touching on um, the Friday Night Lights aspect of things and how uh you know that that character of Jason Street was was based uh on your your character Chris or your your real life um situation uh that i mean like what what a blessing that was and uh, you know, for anybody that that maybe hasn't heard the last couple like talk about how that that came to be how you guys got connected with uh i guess Peter Berg and and the the makers of that uh Friday Night Lights television show
4: so when Peter Berg was initially doing his research for Friday Night Lights, the movie, he was following um, a team here in Texas from Austin, Austin-Westlake. And in um, and one of their playoff games, they were playing against the San Antonio team, San Antonio-Madison. And during that game, uh, one of the San Antonio players, David Edwards, um, ended up with a spinal injury. And Peter Berg was on the sidelines that game, and it really affected him. Um, and so um, Westlake played the following week in the Alamo Dome for another playoff game, and um, we were there, and we got introduced to uh, Peter Berg uh, from one of the local uh, sportscasters that was there at the game. And um, from there, Pete invited uh, invited me and the family to go to the set um, when they're starting the movie and uh, just go to Austin, check it out. And then we went to, um, we got to meet with Billy Bob and Tim McGraw and all them. And then we went to um, to Houston and Odessa to film over there too. And then um, when Pete decided to turn it into a TV show, he had us working with the writers um, because he, uh, he told us one of the players was going to get injured. We just didn't know when <laughs> and we didn't know it was going to be the pilot episode. But uh, we worked with the writers on um, basically how my hit was and what I felt and all that and uh, what rehab was like and all that. So
1: uh, that's so that's such a just a small world, man, like that that all kind of uh, took place like that. And then I know you. Um, you know, like I remember from from one of our past conversations that Peter Berg actually like had you come out and work with him uh, doing some editing and stuff um, out in L.A. for a while, too. Right.
4: Yes. Yeah, so I I lived out in Burbank for about five and a half months, uh, learning to edit and um, worked at Universal Studios. So that was pretty fun. That, uh, that, see sounds, all that.
1: that sounds like a blast, man. Uh, that's so, so cool. Yeah. Um, and then any yeah have you have you gotten to go on any more sets? I know. I what was the other set that they were filming on that you guys got to go uh, check out?
4: Well, we did. Um, we were at the Hancock set with Will Smith. Okay. We've done um Battleship, um, we've done Deepwater Horizon, Patriots Day, all with Mark Wahlberg, um Lone Survivor. know um, what else we do? was it yeah. and then of course all the Friday Night Lights stuff
1: that's uh, so cool so yeah that is so cool um yeah that that, that that's uh, like that's one of my favorite shows for sure and I like I never watched it and then I put it on one night and I'm like oh my god there's a guy with a, like, the like the main character or whatever or at least the initial main character gets a spinal cord injury like holy crap and then yeah i was hooked after that i like, think i've watched the show a couple times now but uh yeah great great show for sure um yeah and, and that's so cool that you were able to kind of you guys were able to give your your input um, did you guys get any like right writing credits or anything for for being in that or for uh helping the writers i don't think so
4: yeah no at the time i mean we didn't even think about it. it was just a privilege just to be asked to Help out, you know. Sure.
0: You know. Yeah. And
4: no. then just be on the set with all the actors and I mean just watching them who love uh, like I mean, all of them are just great people. And then seeing what they do now, like how big they become, like Michael B. Jordan and all that lights like, is crazy and
0: exciting for them too.
1: Yeah, that's crazy, man. That that yeah, it's quite a few now, well, one of
0: them. the things that um Pete did uh, on the uh, Movie Battleship. Uh, oh, yeah. One of the main characters' name is after Chris, basically, or he used our last name. And yeah, named after me. Yeah. yeah. Nice. The, the main character is a full, uh, full bird colonel, anyhow.
4: Yeah. He's a colonel in the army. Um, so he's actually a real colonel. Um, he's a double amputee. He was injured in Iraq or Afghanistan. And um, uh, so he's a double amputee. and in the movie, he's named he has our last name, so in the, the movie, character name is Mick
1: Canales. Mick Canales. Okay, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back and watch that one again. And check it yeah,
4: out. So Liam Neeson, when he's given him an award, you can see he he call him Mick Canales. And
0: yeah, the very so, last, it's almost at the very end of the of the uh, movie when you realize that the the character's name is Mick Canales, and it's okay. at the pretty much at the very end.
4: Yeah, you know, Pete never told me that he did that. I had to find out from Brooklyn Decker on the set that it was in the script. And I'm like, well, you didn't even tell me. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Oh,
1: I love it, man. I love it. Sure, getting, to, getting to learn that information from Brooklyn Decker can't be a bad, bad time. <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Especially in Hawaii.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Um, you know, and then, you know, kind of wrapping up guys, I wanted I just wanted to find out, um, has there been any, you know, I know two years ago last time we spoke that there really had been no kind of help or, or, you know, connection with the NFL being willing to even really acknowledge your charity because they don't want to look at the dark side of spot. You know, don't want to put a spotlight on the dark side of, of the game. Uh, has, has any of that changed is still kind of radio silence from those guys.
4: Yeah, nothing's changed. Like, <laughs> they, like COVID really hurt because we we weren't out in the forefront, uh, couldn't do anything. Uh, we're having to start all over now with high school coaches uh, getting in front of them. And uh, there's such a uh, turnover with the coaches. A lot of the older coaches we knew are um, retired or some have passed away. And there's a lot of newer, younger coaches that have no clue who we are. So we're having to redo that um get in front of them with all the coaching clinics we go to now so it's just re uh i guess reinventing the wheel it's starting back over
1: yeah talk about that a little bit like what is it when you guys get in front of a high school coach and and kind i mean do they i have to imagine they don't want to think about that either right i mean that it's it's a tough side of football it's a tough side of the game um yeah it's a very
0: very tough side of the game and You know, there are some coaches that will, you know, they acknowledge what we do and and appreciate what we do, but it's hard for them to to talk about it. And, um, you know, what we try to do when we go and approach a coach uh, and get to talk to them is to make sure they understand that, first of all, we're not out to deter anyone from playing football. We still love the game of football. All the guys still love the game of football. But, you know, we need to do a better job to help these kids long term when that happens, uh, coming from the football community. And so – But what we want to stress to the coaches is that uh, just because, uh, first of all, that um, they provide the tools, the never quit attitude, the hard work and determination, the discipline that they need to overcome an injury, to fight for their lives is instilled by these coaches and, and by playing. And so we want them to understand that just because a young man can no longer play the game of football doesn't mean that he as a coach won't have an influence on their life. They will always have an influence on their lives with the tools that they've been And so, you know, that's the approach that we take when we go to the coaches and, you know, we we, we really just have to quit burying our head in the sand on this, on this topic. Um, You know, it does happen. It will continue to happen, but we've got to do a a better job to help these kids long-term when, when something like that happens.
1: Yeah, and no, I I can't imagine that that would be an easy conversation to start, but that's great that, that you know, so many of them are, are open to kind of working with you guys and being a part of, of what you're doing. And, yeah, I've been, been building. I'm sure a lot of Texas high school football coaches probably move their way up too, um, to, to smaller colleges and whatnot. So, yeah, I'm sure you guys are able to connect with with, with them as they move up the ladder. Um uh, and, yeah, I mean, I, was, I, I just saw the Seattle Seahawks just hired a new coach yesterday. The guy's 36 years old. Their head coach is crazy. I'm like, man, I'm 44. Like, I can't believe it. Like, What am I doing with my life? <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh,
4: 40, though. So, I mean, yeah, it's they're getting younger and younger, aren't they?
1: I, I know, right? I know. It makes me feel too old, man. But... Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, give out your guys' social media links and the website for the for Gridiron Heroes, and so we can hopefully uh, help raise some money. And um, yeah,
0: go ahead and. Well, we're actually we're actually starting a little campaign. The beginning of the here today, we just kicked it off, and um, you know, if you Chris can send you the the link to it. And uh, if you have someone that you want to share it with, you can share the link and, we you know, try to, uh, to raise some funds for Gridiron Heroes and, and I'll have Chris send it to you so that we can get something started maybe. Yeah. And it's just, a, it's it's a new platform that we're trying out. So we're just seeing how it goes and maybe it will raise some money for us. So.
1: Absolutely. I'll share that. And then, yeah, go, go ahead. And, uh, where, where can we find you guys at um, online?
0: www.gridironheroes.org org okay
1: and then Chris what's your IG
4: Uh, I believe it's Chris Canales 09 uh, let me make sure
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry man yeah. I think yeah it, it is I just I got it here okay yeah so Chris Canales 09 and then Eddie are you on social media or anything that where people can find you
0: Facebook and uh, Twitter. um I haven't done an in Instagram yet. Okay. Yeah. So,
4: yeah. You can find us both on Facebook um, under our names and Gridiron Heroes Facebook. Okay.
1: Um, I'll I'll share all the the links on my uh, on the notes for the podcast as well. And um, yeah, hopefully people can can go out and donate and and help you guys raise a little bit of money to help help these kids that are are getting injured playing uh, high school football.
0: Well, you know, it's a topic that, you know, it's really hard to, to, uh, to talk about, but, you know, our approach to to coaches as well is that we hope and pray no coach, trainer, AD, or parent ever has to call us, but we're there if the need comes up and, uh, you know, so, but we've got to, you know, do a better job in helping these kids long-term. And so, uh, that's what we're, we're about.
1: Yeah, uh, it's Honorable work, guys. You, you, you're both. Uh, you guys are legends. So I, I appreciate you always being willing to come on the show and talk about it. And
0: yeah. so, who are you have in the Super Bowl?
1: I mean, I'm a Seahawks fan, so I cannot root for the Forty Nine ers. I'm kind of tired of seeing Kansas City win so much. As I was really ro- rooting for a Detroit versus Baltimore Super yeah. Bowl, but. Um, you know, we'll see what hoping,
4: happens. I was hoping for Buffalo, Detroit.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. Buffalo would have been cool, too. I, yeah, I like Buffalo um a lot as well. But how about you guys? Who are you rooting for?
0: Uh, well, we are kind of in the same boat. We weren't really for either one, but uh, I think... I'd rather I see think
4: San Francisco, honestly. <laughs> Chris
0: is going to San Francisco, I think, in Kansas City. I The reason being is that uh, Purdy's a young guy and uh, hasn't been there before, and you don't know how he's going to react in... You know, in that situation now, uh, Mahomes has been there, and uh, sometimes experience wins over.
1: Yeah, it's going Yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is is probably. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever seen any any quarterback with as much like arm talent as him. So it's <laughs> he's pretty unbelievable. But yeah, we'll see what. Uh, ball, it's all the other pieces. I feel like it's if, yeah. They, yeah. if they fall into place for him, I think they can they can do it. So we'll see we'll see hopefully it's a good game either way
0: yeah yeah see (laughs) yeah
1: all right guys well i appreciate you coming on and we will uh talk soon
0: okay thanks a lot appreciate Appreciate it
1: all right thanks guys all right that was eddie and chris canalis uh, from gridiron heroes i want to thank them again and i'll put all their contact info as well as the um info to their new platform. Chris had emailed me after the interview. Um so I'll share that on the, the show notes as well. Uh and yeah if you guys can anybody out there can help definitely do it. It's a great cause. Um but yeah guys I just wanted to you know I like to keep it keep it in in people in in the forefront there um what they're doing uh with especially at this time of year when you know everybody's getting ready for Super Bowl parties and all this stuff like let's uh you know hopefully it's my our small way on this podcast here of uh you know making uh holding the NFL accountable I guess so
2: well certainly um you know, it sounds like they had a, a tough time recovering from, from COVID. And so we need to really help them, you know, get the, get their traction back um, on their, on their foundation. And I, I know they're, you know, doing a lot of the groundwork. Uh, so, you know, I mean, if we can help at all, you know, the least we could do.
1: Absolutely.
3: Yeah. And that's, yeah, it, does, crazy, it doesn't of- have to be a lot of money, right. It doesn't have to be yeah. a lot of money, you know, whatever you pay for a weekend, uh, you know a beer right or going out for the few drinks for your friends right that's just to right. uh, make that donation right. and it's probably da- tax deductible for everybody so sure,
1: yeah um yeah and that that's uh interesting too like you i know you touched on it one of you guys did um that the you know with everything kind of getting shut down during covid and they weren't having these coaches conventions and whatnot where um where uh, eddie and chris were getting out and and kind of uh talking to people and, and get, driving up uh interest in their foundation and whatnot um they then and then all the turnover with high school coaches like now they're kind of starting from from ground zero with with uh fundraising and kind of getting all that stuff going so yeah any any little bit helps for sure but yeah you know gina um
3: you know, it's kind of related to that, you know, COVID really threw a wrench in everybody's uh, fundraising stuff, unless you were like a super big organization. Um, You know, Gina with um, her distracted driving uh, tour that she does at high schools and stuff like that, a lot of people have like kind of lost interest in it, too, until they hear about it, right? And so, Jeremy, thank you for getting those guys back out there and on the air here. And um, I think it's very commendable of you to do that
1: uh appreciate yeah no i yeah i'm i'm always trying to help anybody that's doing amazing stuff like this and not that we're doing anything like all that special. these guys are grinding every day so i i really appreciate what they're doing and um yeah it's awesome i was gonna put out the kenny main episode this week we'll do that next week um just felt like it was uh this was way more important than that so uh we'll get that one out next week it was a little more fun and uh you know, not lighthearted. Not that. Not that this wasn't a fun uh, episode too. But yeah, it so, was
3: a it was a great episode. I just want to know who you're going to commit to in the Super Bowl. You never really gave an answer.
1: Oh, I'm rooting for Kansas City, man.
3: Oh, okay,
1: yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. For the 49ers, it, yeah. as much yeah. as it us, you know what
2: we're not rooting for the 49ers not happening
1: they get no they get <laughs> no love on this podcast oh, They get no love on the live the walking in podcast ever
3: mm-hmm. well that's uh i think there's no disagreement today
2: <laughs> right. unless one of the 49ers wants to come on the podcast okay and we'll uh yeah we'll we'll we uh, we're rooting,
1: we're rooting. <laughs> i don't know if i can It'd be like selling my soul i don't know if i can do it but if any 49ers do want to come on the podcast, I'm uh, more, than, more than happy to have you on. But anyway, all right, guys. Well, uh, thank you both for for uh, getting on here. And I want to thank you know, Eddie and Chris again. Great guys. Uh, you know, Amazing story. And yeah, hopefully we can uh, help them raise a little bit of money.
3: Certainly. You're most welcome, Jeremy. Yep. And thanks to Eddie and Chris.
1: Yeah. All right, till next week guys. We will uh talk to y'all then.
3: Okay, sounds next good, day. jer.